G'day and welcome back to the In The Know On The Go podcast. I'm excited because I just love listening to these two. I feel like as you're going along, you just smile and laugh alongside them. This episode was recorded in person on the Milleroy country and we extend our respects to the traditional custodians on the lands where the fellas met and also extend those respects to wherever you're taking our podcast and traditional custodians on the land you're listening. This week, the boys are sitting down with Joel Fleming from Nutrient Livestock. Joel is going to share a little bit about the recent Nutrient Classic sale, what's influencing prices, his market predictions, and in true Tom and Mick style, I reckon you guys will be joining me and having a bit of a smile and laugh along the way. So, let's get into it. G'day team, welcome to uh, episode two of Monthly Markets with Tom and Mick. I'm Tom Rookyard, as always, joined by my esteemed colleague, Michael Corcoran. Corkboard, who have we got? What do you know? What's Tetra. happening? Very exciting this week, mate. Um, we've got Stock and Station Agency Royalty in the room with us here today. If you're not familiar with the face, they've referred to him as the Golden Tonsils. <laughs> The Prince of the Catwalk, the next Paul Billy. <laughs> the best looking bloke to ever pull on a green short, green shirt, bar the Silver Fox on the Hill Miles Archdale, Joel Fleming. <laughs> Welcome to the pod, mate. Not sure what to say after that intro, whether I'm leaving or thank you. <laughs> the man they couldn't root shoot an electric. <laughs> thank you for giving up your time, Joel. Um, first and foremost, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Your business, you know, where do you cover? What does your sort of role, role encompass your day-to-day? Uh, myself, well, I guess I didn't really grow up anywhere. I grew up in multiple places. As my father was one of the old school, uh, old school agents that just got moved from moved from place to place. And I guess I still call Glennon as home, uh, although nobody's like none of my parents or or uh, brothers are there anymore. Mum and dad are at Gundawindi. Uh, I'm based here now. I've got uh, two beautiful kids and a loving wife. Um, and then as far as job goes, I've been with Nutrient for, for a fair while. Well, Landmark it was and then bought out by Nutrient for a fair while now. And my main, main focus throughout the you know throughout a year is um, livestock and rural property sales. And then throughout like different like the different seasons like summer and autumn I do you know there's a fair bit of equine focus there between three major horse sales now between the Masters at Tamworth Classic at Tamworth and then the uh, Supreme at Toowoomba which I go and sell at and then through the winter months I still auctioneer at around eight stud sales and that goes from anywhere from central New South Wales to northern into southern Queensland so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mixed role I guess but it all it all ties in together like mm. extremely well, extremely well. And if you were to throw a patch over, like what area do you usually work in? Aside from auctioneering, like your day-to-day yeah. livestock and property, if you can throw a blanket over it. Uh, north to south, it would be Willowtree to Gyra, and then east to west, it would be basically, yeah, probably in between Tamworth, like Tamworth and Gunnedah and right over to Dorigo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the seasons in and around where you work at the moment, how's it looking? Uh, honest answer? Yeah. Yeah, not not real good. Like we've, um, yeah, we've hit a bit of it. Like we just, from January 2020 when it started to rain, I guess we thought it was never gonna, it was never gonna finish again. And then, um, so what's happened now without putting a real negative spin on it is, is November, December was dry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we've gone into January now and nearly at the end of Feb with only scattered, scattered rain about. And it's looking, 
it's uh, yeah, it's looking pretty dismal. But I, I guess to put that into perspective, like the like the Tam- Tamworth area in itself, where I you know where I mainly work, it is known for that throughout you know throughout summer. Like summers can be January, February, well December, January, February can be harsh, and we don't rely a heap on March, April rain. Like we do. Um, we do gamble a lot in this area on planting oats, you know, February, mm-hmm. February, March. So it's probably back to the, what some would call the normal a little bit, but it's, yeah, it's probably, it's just, it's one of those things you get used to so much rain. It's just hit us with, it's, you know, it's hit us pretty hard. And blokes will still scratch some oats in around Tamworth, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, they will, because without that, you know, it's just such an oats, um, it's become, such a you know that the areas become so, like cattle traders or cattle breeders have become so reliant on oats in the area that that's what it'll yeah they will scratch them in yeah 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 good and Ty today we're focusing on the performance horse industry um, with the Nutrient Classic sale happened recently earlier this year um, lots of records were broken mate high level talk us through the sale and how it went. We thought it'd be strong, but nowhere near, nowhere near as strong as what it was. So to give you an idea, like a real general, I guess, approach to it, we, in 2000 and, 2022 compared to 2023, we outgrossed 2022 by around 250,000, and there was 112 less horses in the sale. So we've averaged very close to 27,000 in, um, in 2022. And we've averaged thirty-one thousand in two thousand twenty-three. Mm-hmm. So without the top, we had a top horse in two thousand twenty-two at five hundred fifty thousand, which we didn't see. But we saw the geldings. What did that? The geldings topped at one hundred and ten thousand. The stallions topped at three hundred thousand, and the and the mares topped at four hundred thousand. So we saw. We saw more horses in that hundred to four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar level than we did the year before, mm-hmm. but also you've got to have a bottom in that as you know you, you've got it that that bottom end picked up. Yes, yeah. yes. So, seeing geldings make that money, that must got like you know provide that this is not a just this this is a professional outfit. These are people buying these horses for not just a lifestyle because we can do it on Saturday. This, this is now very much in the realm of a you know yeah professional business and that sort of thing. Well, the gel- look when you think about a gelding like that, that the geldings are purely bored to go and perform. Like you, you, mm-hmm. you buy a stallion and you've got, um, you know, you're going to not only try and perform that stallion and win money that way, but you're going to make money out of your breeding. You know, hopefully, if the stallion makes, you're going to make money out of your breedings, and it's the same as the mare. You're going to then hopefully perform that mare enough to then get uh, to then breed her either naturally or multiple times through an embryo, or if she's special, possibly sell the embryos for you know like that. These good mares in the country now can demand anywhere between thirty and fifty grand an embryo out of a performance horse. So a gelding is purely bought to perform. Mm-hmm. You know they've got no breeding option, so that's how much confidence is in the industry. So if you're spending 50 grand on a gelding, chances are you're thinking you're gonna make that money back through prize money, uh, to an extent. Yes and no, I guess it's it's still, it's still a lot of it still relates back to it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's people that are willing to spend that money to to go and have fun, but mm-hmm. you know, my idea of fun and, and 
your guys' idea of fun might be two different things, mm-hmm. but people would possibly buy that horse because there's a lot of people in the industry now. Because like camp, I'm not like camp drafts are so mm-hmm. hard to get into, and you could have three within a hundred k, you know, circumference of each other, and you and you'd still struggle to get in. Mm-hmm. But there's people that want to go and compete and have a beer and socialise, and then there's people that want to go and win. It's no different. Like Mick went and bought three hundred dollar footy boots this week because he thinks he's still got it so I guess there's you know people put money in what they want to put money into outside of Yellowstone fanatics what is uh what what, what drives the horse market year to year at the, you know what are you seeing because like outside view one may have thought with the cattle market coming off that the horse market may have followed so if blokes aren't making as much money in cattle that would they have less money to spend on horses does it work like that if I say I've got no idea, does that suffice? Because in the last, over the last, say, seven or eight years, we've had, um, not we've had good seasons and bad seasons, but until 2000, and 2016 was our, our last really good uh, wet season in, in northern New South, and then ever since then, Queensland's been a bit up and down with their season. And then we've had fires, we've had floods, we've had droughts. Mm-hmm. And then in that time, before 2020 when we had that, the market kept, we never plateaued, it kept going up. Mm-hmm. And then, so 2020 at the, at, during the classic actually and just after, it was January 2020 it started raining. So then we've had, on, a, on an inclining market through those like through those uh, weather conditions I mentioned, we've had an inclining market and then we've had 2021, 2022, 2023 highly inflated commodity prices. Mm. So I don't, I, honestly, I can't answer that. I don't, I don't know if we're going to plateau out after this or not because we've gone through some really tough, like some really tough seasonal conditions before we hit these, like these, unbelievable yeah. conditions and yeah. we've always climbed mm. um, but I would say if you, if you ask me from January 2020 or from about 2020 sale till now I would say that yeah there's a lot of um, there's a lot of feeder money there's a lot of bullock money uh, there's a lot of um, you know trading as far as if we're talking cattle mm. you know buying in and selling out and there's people you know, through that through that two and a half year period, that could have netted six, seven hundred dollars on trade. So, mm. yeah, I would and done two or three of those a year because it was just such a fast moving upward market. So I would say that yes, there is there is that influence. But then I look back three, four years previous to that, and there was none there was none of that happening, and it was a it was a plateaued or it was an up and down market. Whether you look at um, you know whether you look at grain prices, whether you look at sheep and lambs, or you look at cattle. Like I, I don't know, but it's the mm-hmm. the horse that that equine side of things, and, and especially the performance horse industry seems to have probably set aside from what the seasonal conditions are doing to right. some extent. I don't say it's unrelated, but it's it's it's, its, own it's certainly yeah, it it's certainly I guess got its own economy to some extent, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Do you, you you would see that number of new vendors that you've seen grow from I'm guessing five years ago? You know, certain operators only putting one horse in. They've now grown that business to a point they can yeah push up to two three horses entering every year and year. 
Yeah, huge. Like, and we've seen, uh, you've gone from, say, oh, even seven or eight or nine years ago, you know, people people putting in, you know, putting in horses and, you know, they may average 10 or 12 grand or whatever and that would just be a bit of, you know, side cash for them through the year to now these people budgeting on that when they're going for, you know, if they're going to, you know, buy another place or if they're stepping into their first, you know, their first block or whatever, like they're budgeting, that they budget on this sum. Mm. And they're not just necessarily ag people, would you say? Like, is there outside money coming into it now? Huge amount. Yeah, huge amount, huge amount of money, a huge amount of of um of interest with children. When children, when I say children, like under, you know, under eighteen or eighteen or twenty years, with parents that have both got, you know, both got off farm incomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might own fifty or you know fifty or hundred acres, but they want to go away and have something different for their kids. Kids of a weekend, and they're investing money in the sport. Um, you know, and, th- and then you break into that category and there's, you know, five offshoots of it. They're either just doing it to go and be competitive or they're doing it with the, you know, with the vision that their kids are going to go up and or their children have, you know, expressed the interest that they want to be a trainer or they're going into it because they want to get a good mare and possibly embryo later on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's just so many different avenues off it, but no. And that's why, and that goes back to the like, the economy of it. That's why it's not one hundred percent ag related. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people think it is, but it's, it's so far from that. It's not. It's not. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think if you look at it like that, whether it's cutting or teepatting or whatever it is, um, it's it's a family event. You're not just it's not just one person in the family going to it. It's a it's a place where the whole kids can go, and and I think that would have to be driving it, like because you can do that. Yeah, and that's the thing with it, which I guess it sets it aside so much from other other equine sports like if you look at um like if you look at racing for instance sake well there's you know they're making the thoroughbreds are obviously making a lot more money there's a lot more prize money involved but you've got a professional jockey you've got a you've got a professional trainer um and then you've got you know the the owners um and i guess with, with the camp drafting and challenging circuit especially, and the, it does even set it aside from from the cutting mm. because with, with camp drafting, it, if you're just there to have fun, you know, you can go and get grab your horse out of the paddock for, you know, two days before or even the day mm-hmm. off. You can go and have a run. If you're not there to win, you can go and have a run, have a, have a mm. hell of a time and catch up with people and what have you. Same with the... I guess it's the same with the team penning, it's the same with the challenging, but, you know, even with the cutting, you can't, you know, you've basically got to have a professionally trained horse or be able to train one yourself and be very dedicated. Mm-hmm. Whereas camp drafting, I would say, and is more of an everyday man's sport. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. The difference between polo cross and polo. Yes. As an example. 100%. Yeah. Do you watch Yellowstone? Yep. You're big on it, like... Yeah, yeah, I like it. Is yeah. it oh, well, I like it, but is it like as this season started, I might miss anything. See, I've never watched it. I, I, I've literally, I've tried an episode and it's terrible. Um, I've heard people say to me, like around Orange, you over. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. turn yeah. the phone back on, boys. We're out. That's us out of the horse industry. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> the only one sitting in here with a curled up hat and he doesn't want to yell yeah. a I think what. <laughs> Go, Tom. Push oh, yeah. Go on, well, Tom. I did a bit of reading. Mick's a bit of a Jamie operator by the sounds of it. Yeah, a bit of a business type. Mick. Shaker. Yeah, that's what he said he was. People around town call me Rip, but who would you describe yourself <laughs> as? I've never watched the show, but I'm Rip. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Mate, this is not me. This is what people say about me. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, who would you describe yourself as? Joel Dutton for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, listen, I would love to, as everybody probably would, say that they're rip, but I would actually, and my wife would definitely say that I'm probably a Jimmy because I can't fight. I can't, I can't drink. Well, I can, but I'm not good on it. Um, <laughs> I'm not, like, I'm not bad company. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of uncoordinated. <laughs> like, I've hit four boxes out of five. Yeah. And the fifth one would be, Jimmy doesn't have much hair in his head and I've got none. So I'm saying... So that's... Like, listen, I would I love to... I'll, that. No, I would nah. love to be Rip or John Dutton, but the truth is, I'm... Like, I'm probably Jimmy... <laughs> The only thing I've got going for me that's ripped Jimmy's is the beard. Jimmy's the last bloke you want to be. Jimmy's the last person you want to be. That's honesty. Jimmy's the last bloke I thought you'd say too. So I had a, a myriad yeah, of But no, no, the last person I'd actually want to be on there is Jamie. I'd yes. rather be Jimmy that's than you. Jamie. Y- yeah. Jimmy. I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with that. Business. Um, Look, we will, we will move. Jamie's personal life is a bit questionable, which I'm starting to question yours, especially wearing a purple shirt to the interview. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's... that's (laughs) Purples play on in my books. We'll we'll, we'll keep moving right along. Um, Mate, where is the Eki going to be come Christmas this year? Is it... uh, Where is it now? About 7... 7... 10? 15? Yeah, thereabouts. How negative is it going to be if I said that it's probably going to be 15 or 20% lower at 570 to 600? That's where my gut feel is. Yep. If you yeah. precisely 572, five, uh, you might win a bottle run at the end of this. Uh, yeah. 586, please. What, what's your five, sort of, eight, what, what pushes you to that position and thought? As with most things that come out of my mouth, there's no science, uh, Tom. But uh, hence, <laughs> oh, listen, I went to school in Glenness and didn't pass. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I get a bit of a feel that we've had, like... There's more to go. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, without being negative, a lot of people think that we've seen the bottom of the restocker market or, you know, mm. I'm not mm. paid to sit here and talk it up. I don't, I don't know if we have. I, I, if we don't get substantial rain and, mm. and a really good oat season throughout northern New South Wales, and I'm talking, like, not, not Tamworth, I'm talking Tamworth, Gunnedah, mm. Moree, uh, Narrabri, like, Inverell, especially, you look at those New England blokes up there, like, you, they need rain now. Mm. I don't... And it's a big area that can handle a lot of cattle through those weaner sale times and... And um, that want to punch them out to a feeder in September, October, November, mm-hmm. and we need substantial moisture now, and it's not it's not here. That's that's my that's my gut feel. Yeah, mm. yeah. You are. I'd love to say it was going to be about eleven dollars, you know, mm, but it's just not looking that way. Yeah, but I I hope I'm wrong. I hope I owe somebody. A, I hope I owe somebody six kegs, you know. By saying that, you really like just. Put two foot, two foot in each camp sort of thing. Like you're sort of open to. I oh, hope I'm wrong though. But I do cool. hope I'm wrong, but it's yeah. just it's just got that feel about it. Like we're, at the end of the day, we are in Australia, and this it's, it's you know we've had a, just such an unbelievable 
since well three years basically mm-hmm. that we've probably got a little bit too used to it it's been great because so many people have made so many people lost money through the drought and then so many people have made money off the back of the drought mm-hmm. you know so it's it's outstanding that we've had it mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it's not going to like Can't go forever. you look at history it's not going to go forever yeah. Yeah. final question from me spend a bit of time in the car no doubt um what do you listen to what uh what gets you from a to b well, don't listen to any podcast or anything educational because I've got an att- attention span of, look, a two-year-old boy um, and I just can't remember what happened three sentences ago. So I listen to a lot of music and there's no... Indulge us. Yeah, talk us through. 50 Cent. <laughs> P. Diddy. Uh, no, just like... I get on to... I've got a subscription with... Uh, like Apple Music, and I just get on with the the newest Apple the, Music. Is it Apple Music? Not a Spotify man. No. Yeah, fair. Uh, does this does come Spotify out on Garth Brooks? Yeah, it does come out on Apple. It does not have Garth Brooks. Yeah. So you, no, you so are, that's yeah. lost. Apple doesn't. Oh no, that's right. He doesn't. Uh, no, so he's against us. Uh, yeah, I just I just listen to the newest country that's on. I don't I don't do yeah. the whole. Ra- I hate radio. The yes. ads bug me. <laughs> Next question, pass. Last, last, last question from me. Um, if you were a stallion, a bull, or a ram, and you can you can pick either or, what breed would you be, and why? I want to say I want to say like a Charolais or a Romanola bull, but I'm, I'm possibly going to say a Jersey. Much like Jimmy, like just one of those, like probably thinks he's tough at times, but just good company, uncoordinated, dog, just happy for a scratch. Just yeah, and gets the job done. And takes <laughs> it, you know. And, and if there's a female around, well, he'll get the job done. Not the greatest looking, but he's not picky either. <laughs> he's not the most fussiest about. Oh, he's not a bad rooster. That's not a bad rooster. Yeah. Joel the bull. He's a harmless poor bastard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be described as harmless. <laughs> well, Tomo, that'll do me. Too easy. We're done. That's it. You can swear. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. If you're enjoying getting in the know while you're on the go, we'd absolutely love to hear from you in terms of what are the topics, things that you want us to dive into and get you across in a quick, short, sharp way, but also in a way that's easy to understand. Reach out to us at hello at humansofagriculture.com. Reach out to us on any social media with any questions, ideas, things you'd like us to cover and we'll give it a crack. Look after yourselves and we'll see you next week.